Hello, everyone, and welcome out to the Dual Threat Podcast today. You are tuning in to Week 11, Episode Part 1. We were super excited that we were able to recap last week. We also were able to give our awards for MVP, Best Game, and Rookie of the Week. Scott shared a statistical corner for us that you need to tune in and see on our Instagram. We also talked our pick sixes of Week 11. We talked a little bit of college football, gave a recap of last week, and a look forward. And as always, we're so thankful for you listening in. We really appreciate all of your support and everything you do for us. So let's get started. But before we start, Tanner Giles, everybody. Welcome out, everyone. We are so excited to have you here today. Uh, I'm excited for what we have going on, Scooter. I'm excited for what's happened in the NFL and what we're going to be talk- talking about. There, have been, there hasn't been as much news this week in the NFL. Obviously, OBJ signed with the Rams since the last time we had our podcast up. Uh, what other news has gone on? Can you think of anything else that's really important? Has it been since last we were last you're right. We hadn't even discussed Odell Beckham Jr. making his uh debut for the Rams. We just predicted. A, and, and and what a debut it was, honestly. <laughs> just just a killer game from OBJ in his first game. Also Beautiful. Von Miller's debut. A a double debut last night in the Monday night football game. Really went well for them, man. I yeah. loved it. They both they both really showed out. It was it was <laughs> it's hilarious that like all the last couple weeks, there's just been all those graphics that, like with like the uh, the pictures of like Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and then they add Von Miller and Odell Beckham, and they're like, who's and then the captions will be who's stopping this Rams team with like the, <laughs> the smoke smoke coming out of the nose emoji, and uh, James Garoppolo. Yeah, apparently, you know what? Um, it's not. I. I. It just. There's. It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation with with old Jimmy Garoppolo. Because <laughs> l- last night we saw Jim. We saw Jimbo Garoppolo. We didn't see James. We definitely saw a bit of Jimbo out there on the field. Um, we'll talk about it. I'm sure later on. But uh, it, it was. It was a Jimbo night, for sure. It was a Jimbo night. Quite I wild. Even, I even have a, a we have a Christmas ornament of him thanks to my mom and you know he moved from the back of the tree you know the, the part of the tree that faces the wall I moved him around a little bit to the side he got he he moved his way up he got promoted after last night Ooh that's exciting I'm I'm excited to talk about the 49ers in our in our part 2 of this podcast I I'm excited to to hear who you think starts against the Jaguars last week you predicted Trizzy Trey could it be Jimbo this week? I don't know. We'll see yeah, what you yeah, have yeah. to predict there. Uh, it'll be Jimbo. I'm going to bury the lead there. <laughs> um, but yeah, other, as far as otherwise news around the league, there were a couple of people that had set out for COVID. I know we, we said a lot of things about Ben Roethlisberger and how he'd do versus the Lions, and unfortunately we didn't even get to see him. We didn't even get to see him show out. Um, and then obviously the biggest injury news this week is, is unfortunately Chase Young of the Washington football team tearing his ACL one of the best uh you know he wasn't having a great year in my opinion but like it's kind of a little bit of a sophomore slump but still sucks to see a guy of his of his caliber um getting injured like that back-to-back rookie of the years both from ohio state that have had season-ending injuries so pretty wild whoever's the defensive rookie of the year hopefully they're not from ohio state man is that that's a correl- not a good karma. Yeah, that's a correlation. I would, yeah, from now on out, stay stay away from any Ohio States and Ohio State players in the draft. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that <laughs> far, but just just make sure they're not rookie of the year. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. that's what you don't want from them. Yeah. Don't absolutely do not draft a defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> stay away at all costs. Okay. Good to know. As much as you can. Well, well, Scooter, this last week was kind of wild. There were a couple big upsets last week. Uh, we can start on Thursday with Baltimore-Miami. I don't think anyone in, or their dog had Miami winning that game, especially with Jacoby Brissett starting and Tua coming in in relief. Super wild. 
what other games were upset alerts over there? There was Detroit versus Pittsburgh, like you alluded yeah. to. Pittsburgh yeah. without Big Ben, you know, Absolutely. tie ball game. Absolutely. Uh, we had uh, Tampa versus Washington was also another one that was an upset special. It was. And you deserve all the credit in the world. I was going to talk about it later on, but my word, you couldn't have been more right about it. It's just those two, those two teams, you just have intuition about them, I swear, because that was just – you called it from the start. Very I've got those teams dialed in. I, I have a feeling I – know, I know when Tom's going to not be hot and when he's going to be hot. So, yeah, last week Bills, wasn't it. Bills pull off the big upset versus the Jets. It was just <laughs> – Okay, second there. Yeah, just what a. It just, did take me a second. I was like, <laughs> uh, what? Um, yeah, but I mean, Panthers over the Cardinals, probably a big upset. But without, I mean, without Colt McCoy looks the week before, I'm calling it definitely an upset <laughs> because my goodness, Colt McCoy was on it. He was on a on an MVP um, like tear. He was on a bid for the MVP, and his, his hopes were dashed this past week. That's for sure. He was, he was. And, and we can even potentially consider San Francisco versus the Rams an upset special, uh, especially with the way that San Francisco came out and just beat down on the Rams. It wasn't like yeah. it was a close game. It was a total beat down. No, that was a bully. That was, that was just a straight up bullying all night long from, from a lot of 49ers. It was, it was great to see them play with some actual uh, bad intentions for once. I'm sure you loved it. I'm sure you were having a great time for that game. So, it was yeah. it was a cathartic weekend of, of football for uh, for Scott Gill's teams for it, it real just reeled me back into the world of football <laughs> college bas- it, college basketball is trying to steal my heart away and football came back and they, they made their own chess move to get my uh, my heart back and 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 fond again towards football so um, but yeah I can't think of any other any other headliners from this past week not That's, really. So since since we can't have any other headliners, any other upset specials, why don't you lead us off with your MVP of the week, Scooter? Okay. Uh, well, I'm pulling it up here. All right. My, my MVP. My, no, I'm ready. My MVP of the week is none other than Kermit the Frog himself, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. Um, absolutely showed out on Sunday Night Football had just an incredible performance. He, he missed some like Mahomes throws that we're used to seeing, but he still played well enough to, to deliver his own beatdown um, of the Raiders. He's now the only player in NFL history with two games of 400 yards, five touchdowns and zero interceptions. Um, that is so insane. Yeah. Which like it, it kind of an arbitrary pick stat line, but, but still interesting like that. Th- those are those. The, game numbers to say the least so glad we stuck to our guns as well as Patrick Mahomes and did not anoint um, the new king Justin Herbert at the Chargers because boy oh boy was every NFL analyst like just just chomping at the bit to give that title to Justin Herbert after one a, a few games early on in the season and it's like we got to let these things marinate longer than just six weeks into the season you know and and here's the thing with Mahomes. You might see him go in more slumps across his career. You know, you might see stuff like this from him. But he, he's a Brett Favre type guy. You know, you get a lot of big plays out of him. He's, he's a lot better at not turning the ball over than Brett Favre. So that's why it's been kind of an anomaly this year. Mm-hmm. But he's a Brett Favre type guy who just brings fireworks with him. So totally. I, you, I, I don't think you can put him in the in the rearview mirror ever and, and anoint a new king. You know, maybe... Maybe some people around him like Josh Allen or Kyler Murray are getting up there, but I don't know. Good choice for yeah. MVP. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad to see him back. It's good to see him playing well again. It is. It is totally. Well, for my MVP, I went with someone who came in relief and beat a team that I thought had everything going for them. I, I don't like doing this. I went with Tua. Oh, oh. Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I thought the Dolphins had absolutely no chance against the Ravens. No chance at all. And yeah, they did play a lot of zero coverage or they would fake a blitz or whatever it was. They would show blitz and then actually drop off. Whatever it was, their defense was great. But Tua, when he came in, 
that offense was totally different for the Dolphins. Yeah, the Ravens didn't game plan for him, but he played super well. I had him as my MVP this week. Man, that Tua has got to be a first-time award winner. I think other than other than a a member of the big three of most disappointing players, I think this (laughs) is Tua's first (laughs) first first good award he's gotten on the the Dual Threat podcast. I don't know how good it is to get an award from the Dual Threat podcast. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It's prestigious. It's up there in the ranks of Oscars and Golden Globes. Heisman. It's it's on Heisman level, right? Yeah, he probably he probably will knock his. Uh, oh, he never won a Heisman. I was gonna say he could knock his Heisman, his national championship. Trophy. Oh yeah, he can knock that one off the shelf. Just move that dual to threat. the side. Yeah, Week Ten, Hagen's MVP dual threat winner. And and there were probably more guys deserving, but there was no one in my mind that kind of willed their team past like a, a team that was much better than them. Yeah. So yeah. there were guys with better stats, better numbers, but. Tua just felt so good to go with here and probably the only time he'll ever be able to be up for an MVP for me. So (laughs) got to take a chance on him when you can, then you've got to Daniel Jones at one point during the year, I've got to take Tua at some point. Yeah. That was a dark time in the the, the NFL (laughs) when that happened, I'm going to go with Tua, uh, Tua's teammate for my uh, rookie of the week, not Jalen Waddle, his former teammate, Devonta Smith snagging two tutties, from another former teammate, um, Jalen Hurts, just the Alabama circle of life. Apparently, we're an Alabama <laughs> podcast, but Devonta Smith showing out um, went absolutely nuclear for the the Eagles this week. Mossed his for- his other former teammate as well, Patrick Sertan. I don't know if you saw that <laughs> highlight. Man, it was just Alabama week all around. Um, but Devonta Smith made a couple of great highlight catches. The reason why the Eagles uh, made my uh, my pick right I feel like and and a surprise because I think I said pre-game for that game like I don't think either team should even attempt to pass yeah and then the Eagles ended up coming out just just dominating in the passing game so exactly you to show you what I know I I love it Devonta Smith's a great great pick I'm actually going to go with an Alabama player as well here two Alabama players I wanted oh. to go Cam Newton is my rookie of the week but he was he's not a rookie so I couldn't go with him so I went with Mac Daddy Jones carrying the Patriots he had a great game statistically three touchdowns zero interceptions just consistent from Mac Daddy Jones man so Homer pick a little bit there potentially were more players that could have uh, been taken here but Mac Daddy he 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 played really well so I went with him QB1 of the 2021 NFL draft. Are we ready to talk about that? No, we're not ready to talk oh, about oh, that. Okay. <laughs> we're not ready to we're not ready to anoint Mac Jones? No, I'm not ready yet. Okay. I, I mean I love the Oh, all right. I love the dime to Kendrick Bourne, man. I'm so I'm so sad you guys have him because he's been he's been awesome. And he's just a he's just a beast in the red zone. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Mac when we dive into the Patriots, but okay, he was my rookie of the week. What about your best game? What was your best game this week, Scooter? Well, my game of the week, it was a tough one. There were a lot of different choices I feel like I could have gone with, but I've got to go with the homer pick myself. Oh, yeah, I knew this I've was coming. Go with, I've got to go with the Kansas football Jayhawks over the Texas <laughs> Longhorns. I, I was going to ask you about this. I have to. They, they pulled off the biggest upset in college football history, right? No, not quite, but a 57 to 56 win in overtime. They get the two point conversion to win. They said, screw kicking the kick an extra point to tie. Just, just an out, outstanding performance. I've got a couple of like anecdotes to put it into perspective. I justify my pick here. Um, Kansas, this is the second time they've beat Texas since World War II, if you can believe that. <laughs> They play, they play, they play Texas every single year. All right. This is the second time it's happened. The other time happened in 2016. Um, So they're on a little bit of a hot streak versus Texas. Might want to watch out Longhorns. Um, The other anecdote is Texas has 55 four-star recruits or better. Kansas has one. (laughs) So just a, a miracle for the ages, honestly. You got to love it. That's a good choice. Not in the NFL, but when something like that happens, you have to pop it up. 
absolute game of the week. I mean, I could go with the, the, another homer pick with the Niners as well, but that's know. where I originally thought you were going to go. Yeah, I, I, threw, I threw you with the Hezzy Jimbo. You did. You sent me flying. So good yeah. choice, great pick, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas went for it all, man. And and they've been on upset alert against Oklahoma earlier in the year, too. This isn't their first time being on upset alert. So it just would have been hilarious if they they had beat Oklahoma and Texas were the only two big <laughs> the two te- That's why they're both going to the SEC. They're they're running away from the, the beast that's looming. Kansas. Oh, the they're beast scared. Is ready to awake. Yeah. Anyway. They're scared. Well, for my game of the week, I went with New Orleans versus Tennessee. This may not be the flashiest pick. I was watching the New England versus Cleveland game, and during the broadcast, they said, we're going to actually switch games because this game isn't very competitive. We're going to switch to a more competitive game. Yeah. New Orleans versus Tennessee, man. I, I have some stuff to say about Tennessee. I'll hold off for just a few minutes, but, man, Tennessee, I, I – I don't have words. Somehow they escaped against the Saints who missed two field goals. Uh, I don't know, man. It was a game of the week for me. There weren't too many like super close games that were super interesting to watch, but they were my best game this week. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of that one. I did see the another um, another just show out by the refs, just putting on a show for the for the fans with the with the roughing the passer call on Ryan Tannehill. I can't remember. Was that a, at a big part of the game? I know it like gave the Titans another touchdown, correct? Yeah, it was at a big part of the game. I think it was their last touchdown to go to extend the lead against the Saints, and then the Saints came down and scored another tutty. Okay, Trevor Simeon just he can't beat he can't beat a full team and three more zebras. Like (laughs) can only Trevor Simeon can only do so much. Exactly. Exactly. Are they ready to get? Uh, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk. We'll talk more about the Titans probably okay. on part two of, of the podcast here. But okay. Scott, something we haven't had in a couple of weeks. I am super excited about. You've kind mm-hmm. of uh, alluded to some stuff. You've you've kind of talked to me about some stats going around the NFL. Why don't we go to Scott's statistical corner? I hear you have something for us today, man. Well, it's been a, a lazy last few weeks for me. You know, I just have been bumming, I guess, and not been on the not been on the grind as much as I should be. But this week, um, now as we've eclipsed the tenth week in the NFL, I figured it was time for us to kind of like take a gauge. We have enough data to look at. We can kind of assess the landscape of of what teams are doing what well. And I posted this to Instagram already, so people can check it out if you want. Um, it's it's the the weekly like um, efficiency chart that I create for both offenses and defenses um, in the passing game and in the running game. So I wanted us to kind of discuss, there were a few things that jumped, jumped out to me when looking at those, uh, those charts. Um, A couple of them were just some shocking things on offense where a couple of like pairs of teams have just identical offensive EPA or, um, expected points added per play um and so that was the the pairs i'll just go i'll run through them the chiefs and the bills had had an identical offensive epa for both passing and running um the cowboys and the rams were paired together the saints and the vikings were both paired together and the colts and the eagles were both paired together and you know what's funny is like there are so many oh you You, got a question you didn't even mention the triplets Tennessee Titans, Chargers, and the Patriots. They all they're all clumped together as well. I just it was it's really fascinating to me that it's funny that they're like the chemical makeup of their rosters are so similar and and it's like translated to their their advanced stats also being very similar as well, both in the passing game and in the running game, which is like I, I don't know how that that happens. But it like the Chiefs and the Bills, they have kind of the same game plan on offense. They like they like looking for big plays in the passing game. They don't really trust the run, um, or they kind of abandon it sometimes. The Saints and the Vikings, they both have their best player by far on their team is is a running back, mm-hmm. and they they have some options in the passing game, but but they rely a lot more on the running backs. I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but if not, we can move on to to some of the other surprises. Um, yeah, one uh, one other thing yeah. I have from the offense here is there's two other clusters. They're not in a good position, but it's the <laughs> Giants and the football team are clustered yep. together, which is totally understandable. 
But yeah. the one that was most surprising to me was the Bears and the Lions. Yes. I, I was super shocked by that, mostly because Jared Goff had like 96 yards last week. <laughs> and Well, Justin Fields has been getting about 96 yards per week as well, most weeks. <laughs> yeah, but at least he's running the ball. I don't know. I was, I was quite yeah. shocked that the Bears were on the same level as the Lions. So that was just quite <laughs> shocking to me. It's true. It's those divisional partners. You're just sticking – they're sticking together. You know, the football team and the Giants – that one is probably the most shocking to me of this chart because I, I, I see the football team as a much better offensive team this year, at least um, they at least have a, a few more weapons than the, than the giants are. But yeah, I mean, for context, for the listeners, they probably need, they probably should go and look at the chart. Um, yeah. Check them out. About this. But um, yeah, the, the bears and the lions are both like last in offensive passing um, EPA per play. Other than the Texans, I don't even know if the, the Texans almost broke my chart. They they literally like broke the graph on <laughs> offense. They were so like the the scale of it is so out of whack because the Texans we might just need to be thirty one teams. Like they they might need to be relegated. You had to expand the parameters to get them in there, huh? I, yeah, absolutely. They were doing their best. Uh, a couple other surprises, not to take too much time here, but. The Cowboys and Rams both being in the bottom half of run production on offense was really surprising to me just because, I mean, the Cowboys, obviously they've got Ezekiel Elliott. He's a big part of their team. The Rams, everything is set up through that West coast spread offense run outside zone run scheme. Um, And for them to not even be above league average, like you'd expect was, was surprising. And maybe kind of what's led to some of their demise offensively the last couple of weeks for the Rams. Um, the Chargers and the Vikings, they are both in an absolute just tier of their own of, of badness when it comes to defending the run on defense. Like they are so they're a full like a full. I don't know how to even what the what the word for it is, but there is a, a giant gap between even them and the Jets on defense in the run game, which is saying something. And both of those teams are still in the playoff picture, but it just leads me to believe like how much can you trust either of those teams that have such a glaring weakness in a big aspect of the game? Like what I, what I look for at these from these charts is essentially like, are there any teams that have very strong strengths or very, very glaring weaknesses that can prevent them from like a team can just totally exploit. And we've seen the chargers sputter a bit here the last few weeks, I think because of that. Yeah. I, I think what's totally wild, and we got to see it the last couple of weeks when the Chargers played the Ravens, we got to see the run offense. And then last week with Dalvin Cook, how, how, um, how would you put it? How, how exposed they can be to what a run yeah. offense can do. So it, yeah. it is frightening if you are one of those teams. Totally. Um, last, last thing I had was just the, uh, also for the defense, the Browns and the Bears also being in just the absolute bad tier of defense um along with like the texans the jets the jaguars and lions which is just like who would have expected that (laughs) before the year like the the browns and bears have been like the bears are the most bond everyone just expects the bears to have this amazing defense year after year the browns have acquired all those guys and they've still kind of been not great defensively so i don't know any any other takeaways that you had from looking at this there's not too much you can take away other than a few few confirmed biases but the only thing that i see on defense that i that i want to mention before we move on the bills and when you look at this chart the bills are in the bottom left corner and usually to me bottom left corner means bad but on defense it means really really good if you're in the bottom left corner here so yeah they, they broke the scale as well so they are the texans of defense but reversed yeah just the, the anti-Texans, yes. The, the which, anti-Texans, yes. Which I wouldn't have anticipated at all coming into this year that the Bills' defense would have been, like, the the outlier of the entire NFL. Like, that wasn't the unit that I was expecting to be remarkable statistically. But it does go to sh- – I think, I think there is some skewed data here with the teams they've got. They've kind of had a, a, a peachy schedule, to say the least. They have. They've played some some lower level teams. So. Totally. The one more point I want to make, just to put into perspective of the Vikings and the Chargers, 
basically their run defense is so bad that it's essentially like they they play versus the Browns run offense every single week. Like that's where the numbers line up. Like they even though they they're like they've played worse teams than the Browns, they basically just any team becomes the Browns and they any team gets chunt whenever you line up against the the Chargers and the Vikings. That's not good. <laughs> No, that's not good. That's ri- and and makes me weary of uh, placing any any sort of bets on those teams doing anything long term. So yeah, I love it. I love it. If you have a moment, go check out those graphics there, Scooter. Where can you find those? Are they just on Instagram? Are they on Twitter as well? What's going on there? They're on Instagram. They're on LinkedIn. They're on MySpace. No, they're <laughs> just on Instagram for now. We got to get them on Twitter at least. Yeah, we'll have to get those up on Twitter so so our listeners can go find those. I love it. Thanks for diving in on that. That is super awesome to see and, and super awesome to be able to take advantage of, of your yeah. skill set there. Thanks, homie. Much well, appreciated. Oh, anytime. You're so welcome, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get a little too cushy and, and lovey up on this podcast, let's go to a quick break from our sponsors. After that, we'll come back. We'll talk week 11. We'll do a little bit of college football. Uh, but there, there's a lot to go on. So let's go to this quick break from our sponsors. All right, everyone. Welcome back from that quick sponsorship segment. Scott, I'm super excited to announce that I was over 500 this week in our picks. I did not go 500 or, or below. I broke the streak. We're both back on top, man. Back at eight and six where we want to be just absolute class of, uh, of the podcasting world pick-wise. You got to love it. Six, hey, can either of us, are we ever going to get back into double-digit wins for the, for the rest of the season? I'm just trying to stay single-digit. I like the single-digit area. It's nice. <laughs> I mean, you... you... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't even have words for how bad we've been over the last few weeks. I've looked at my last few weeks, like uh, losses, and like yeah. 75% of my losses have come in the afternoon games or the night games. So like... It's, it's true. There's some wonky things going on in those. Basically, it you can count on me on like Sunday morning, but then after Sunday morning, don't count on me. That's all I have to say. Don't listen to what I have to say after that there might be a lurking variable there with like the afternoon games being usually the better games that are tougher to pick. Ooh. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That might be, that might have something to do with, I feel like like the games of the week that are like a little bit more competitive that aren't bills, bills, Jags, bills that was so easy. So bills, Jags was so easy to pick, right? <laughs> yeah. It, a lot of those games looking at them were like the closer games where it's like, Oh, somebody lost by three points or a touchdown or whatever. Yeah. You're totally right. You're totally right. Well, anyway, let's hope we both, let's hope we for a week of both of us getting in to the tens again, at least, at least double digits. We're hoping for that. I know that uh, last week on Twitter, I posted my top five teams of the week uh, for the NFL and Mm -hmm. Like the week prior, the number one team lost and the number two team lost. So if you so if you get the one or the two seed in the dual threat podcast rankings, you're you're not in a good spot. You're you're really hoping to stay out of those. You're in the hot seat for sure. Some are saying that the, the dual threat uh, weekly rankings that's just as as viable as the, the Madden curse. Some some have been saying this on Twitter. The dual threat curse. It is real. It is it is super hot and heavy. So I, I'm scared yeah. for it. I'm yeah, scared for I mean, what this week brings. Yeah, I mean we both took the Cardinals and and they 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 played as bad as anybody else. As as bad <laughs> as anybody in the NFL did this week. So yes. Well, Scooter, let's dive into our pick sixes this week. It's week eleven. I'm super excited for some of these games. Thursday night. The Patriots are going to Atlanta. I'm actually going to be able to watch the Patriots without them changing the channel on me, without them doing some some sort of crazy thing. I'm super excited for it. Uh, the Falcons obviously have struggled a little bit. They struggled really bad last week against Dallas, who was a bad matchup for them. Cordero Patterson's potentially, he's questionable right now. He has that ankle injury. It, it's an interesting Atlanta Falcons team. Their defense isn't great. 
where the Patriots last week looked like they were coming out to try to injure as many people as they could. They came out with heat. They were heat-seeking missiles for Baker Mayfield. I have the Patriots in this game. They're, they're a stingy team, and I want to go back. I, I remember when the Patriots took Mac Jones, and I was like, yeah, he's a good pick. I, I wasn't super excited about him. I was most excited about Justin Fields, and now I go. I want to rescind that take, and I want to say Mac Jones is my guy now. I love mm. Mac. Mm. We all know how much I wanted Mac Jones at, at number three. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> my gosh. Oh, uh, I mean, we both kind of like foresaw this a little bit. I, I, I feel like it was it like anybody, anybody with a brain who watched a little bit of college football could tell you that Mac Jones was probably going to be the, the most NFL ready aside from maybe Trevor Lawrence. And he was also going into one of the best situations, a team who had the, the best coach of all time, a team who was getting a lot of players back on defense and a defense that's looked really good at times this year. Um, and a team that also acquired a bunch of weapons for Mac Jones um, to utilize. So I don't want to say I'm like completely shocked um, by all of this, but it, but it has been surprising the way he's played still that he, he is just like the dude just goes about his business and he's really good at it. I'm, I, I am, I'm having a hard time um, reckoning with the fact now that the Patriots are going to have just another 15 to 20 years of good quarterback play. I don't feel like Patriots fans <laughs> deserve that. <laughs> I feel like, Come they, on, they, dude. I, I feel like they should have 20 years of at least like mediocre or purgatory of of, (laughs) a bad quarterback play i mean at least give me something i i don't know they they just made the right pick man nobody else wanted mac they wanted him i can't say (sighs) much more just how like how dumb do the broncos and the panthers feel watching these other games on nfl sundays where like they had the chance to pick not just mac jones but also justin fields Mm -hmm. anyway um, I have I have the Patriots as well. I was obviously very wrong about the, the their game this past week versus the Browns. That was as big of a beatdown as as anyone's put on any team. Um, and the Falcons, never mind. They got beat down worse last week. So <laughs> <laughs> the Falcons, they they really just they're in the middle of the pack. They're in the hunt, but geez, they don't look like the same team since Calvin Ridley has has uh, left them. So. I'm going with the Patriots. I, 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 now, since we both feel so um, confident about the Patriots winning, it just you know the Falcons are going to make it competitive at least. I never love these short week games. I really don't. They always scare me. But revenge game week. Revenge is, game. Oh, it Falcons. is revenge game. Twenty-eight oh. to three. There's probably not a single player left other than like Kyle Van Noy and Matt Ryan <laughs> on either team. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy even left and came back. Yeah, so couldn't, couldn't get away. Who knows? All of these teams that we're going to be talking about in the pick six are still playoff eligible. They're still in, in very much contention to be in a playoff spot. So yeah. I, I like it. Both of us are going Patriots with the first pick. Let's move on to our second game. It, this is a division rivalry game. The Green Bay Packers, who are eight and two, are going into Minnesota, who are four and five. How do you feel about this game, Scooter? You know what, Hag? I've got a weird feeling about this game. Um, the Packers' offense the last couple of weeks has been doo-doo. They've not done anything really well. Um, and I feel like the Vikings, we know they're going to stay in the game. We know it's going to come down to um, pretty much the end of the game no matter what. And I feel like they have a chip on their shoulder and something to prove this week. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings. I don't know why. My but jaw I, just also, hit the. Tr- I also know that the Vi- the 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 Packers are going to be missing Aaron Jones. That big weakness of the Vikings may not be as exploited as as much. And you know, Aaron Rodgers owns the Vikings. Has always has, always will. <laughs> but I I feel like the Vikings are, are going to make some noise this week for whatever reason. Wow. Yeah. My jaw really hit the floor when you were talking. I was I was in shock. Did I just sound like a complete moron? No. It, Oh. I just I didn't think you would be even on the Minnesota Vikings train. I you no. did take them last week and that paid off for you, but no, I, I took the Chargers. Oh, I, I, there, yeah. I I thought you took the Vikings and I took the Chargers. We both took the Chargers. Dang, 
Um, yeah. Well, my thoughts on this are Green Bay's defense has looked pretty special the last few weeks. Obviously, they played against a hurt Russell Wilson and a not-so-great Patrick Mahomes. I think I still think they've looked super great. I think they slow down Kirk Cousins in the offense, whether that is Dalvin Cook running a lot or whatever it is, and Aaron Rodgers has enough, no matter what it is, enough to beat the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with Green Bay in this one. Yeah, another one of those I don't feel good about. I did. <laughs> I just don't don't feel good putting that in the, in the ether there. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the Packers' defense has, has looked very legit the last few weeks. That's that's the you know every once in a while there's a team that comes around that's like oh these guys are good on offense and good on defense this feels like one of those teams that it's like oh they're scary on both sides currently you know just- and, and they've been missing their best player on deep like Jair Alexander hasn't played for what like seven weeks six weeks yes how crazy is yeah. that they've been yeah. they've been a force though so but let's move on to our third game here uh, this is an interesting game I want to kind of hear your thoughts on this Cincinnati Bengals who are five and four versus the Raiders who are also five and four man um I don't know what thoughts I have on this other than that both teams <laughs> are clearly in a bit of a free fall which is funny because they were both at the top of their division there for a while and at the top of the AFC the Raiders have a bit of an excuse um with all of the crap going on outside of their organization um, they did not look good at all on Sunday night. And I think the Bengals are overall the better team. I, I feel like the Bengals had more potential coming into this year. They have just more pieces on offense. Um, the defenses are, are somewhat similar to me, but I, I feel like the Bengals win this game. Allegiant. Okay, good. I, I went with the Raiders. This was like the one of the hardest decisions for me this week. I felt yeah. like the AFC North started off hot. Like every team in the AFC North started off at least like semi-hot or semi-competitive and have just died down. Uh, it's, so that's kind of interesting to me. This doesn't only mean the Bengals, but all the teams from the NFC North, but also the Bengals. They've, they've died off, man. Uh, and, and the only reasoning I went with here was Las Vegas is at home and I know Derek Carr had a, a not so great game. I'm still back in Derek Carr one more week, one more week of back in Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders here. Yeah. I mean, this, this game is like, if there's anything I, do, I don't have a grip on, like what, what I don't, do you feel like either team even has the chance to play like super well? Do you like, if you, if you pick the Raiders, do you think they'll like absolutely just like dominate the game? Because I, I feel like it's just going to be like a slugfest that neither team deserves to win almost. This, these two teams just feel like every week they're going to be in like a five-point game. Like not even like a touchdown yeah. or a field goal game. It's like a five-point game that they're going to be in. These yeah. two, I don't know. I, I don't feel super confident in the, in the Raiders. I'll yeah. say that. I agree, I agree with you. I don't, feel, I don't feel confident with the Bengals. So there we go. <laughs> Good. We're, we're hitting both sides of non-confidence levels. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to our fourth game here, Scooter. The Dallas Cowboys are going outside. They're going to Arrowhead. They're facing the Kansas city chiefs who are six and four Cowboys are seven and two. Uh, Dallas honestly had it all come together last week. They played a team that was kind of, you know, their strengths went against the team's weaknesses. They were the perfect matchup for the Falcons. I think they're a great matchup for the Chiefs coming into this week. Dallas right now has Super Bowl aspirations. They have at least NFC Championship aspirations. So I'm excited for this game. I have the Cowboys in this. I know we saw some Mahomes magic last week, and that could be the revival of the Chiefs. Uh, I, I think this is my over 100 game, so I'm looking for electricity. I'm looking for fireworks and Whatever can come from this game, but I have the Dallas Cowboys going into Arrowhead and winning this game. Nice. This this game is my under 100 of the week. What? <laughs> Definitely will be under 100. Um, I I agree with all of your points about the Cowboys. I think they are a really good matchup for the Chiefs. And with that reason, I am going with the Chiefs because it makes no sense. Um, my heart, for some reason, just says that the Chiefs, like – with how much they heard about how bad their team was for these first few weeks of the season, they, they have the motivation they didn't already need. And even though the offense is, is sputtering a little bit, the defense has actually stepped up. 
they're not as like historically bad as they've been um, <laughs> at the beginning of the season that over the past five games, they've, they've allowed just 15 points on defense, which is, is pretty dang good, honestly, for their standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and just any, any team standards in the NFL, it's hard. It's hard to stop teams from scoring at least like 20, 24 points a game. The Cowboys can also win in a, in a lot of different ways. I've noticed that's one thing I really like about their team. Like they can get it done just like smash mouth football or they have so many options in the passing game. But I, I feel like the home crowd at Arrowhead is what gets it done this week. I feel like it steals a game from the, the Cowboys and the Chiefs just like they have a chance now to pull away from that like cluster cluster of whatever it is that the AFC West is. <laughs> yeah, totally. The, the last thing I want to mention about the Cowboys that I forgot to mention is I think this game might come down to one player and that's not Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott because we kind of know what we're going to get from them or at least a glimpse of what we're going to get of them. I think it comes down to Micah Parsons. Last week, the Kansas City Chiefs, their running back was able to get out and get a lot of catches, get a lot of stuff going and moving for this uh, Kansas City team. What will the linebackers for the Dallas Cowboys do and I think Micah Parsons should be defensive rookie of the year so far. He he's a havoc creator. He causes so much trouble for opposing teams. I, I think he's going to be the key to the game for me on in this one. Yeah, that's what what's his the defensive court Dan Quinn's pretty much like labeled him as just the guy that just goes around and just causes mischief. And he's been really good at it. Um my my player to watch is actually another Cowboys defender. That's Trevon Diggs. I think the matchup of Trayvon Diggs versus Tyreek Hill is going to be the key to this game. I see potentially Trayvon Diggs giving up a few big plays to him that are the turning point in the game and 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 maybe where the Chiefs can can pull away from the Cowboys. I love it. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is a boom big boomer bust player, as we like to say around around the dual threat podcast. So. I have the Cowboys. You have the Chiefs. Another good difference here. Let's move on to our fifth game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-3-1 versus the Los Angeles Chargers, 5-4. Big Ben is not 100% guaranteed to be back. The Steelers today came out and said they are planning on going with Mason Rudolph. I know we give Big Ben a lot of grief, but oh boy, oh boy, is Big Ben the leader, he's the heart of that Steelers team, man. He proved it last week with the tie against the Lions. He is the heart. He is the soul of this team. But what what are some of your thoughts on this game, Scooter? I can guarantee you if Big Ben was out there, it wouldn't have been a tie. It would have been at least like maybe 19 to 18 in the Steelers <laughs> win or something like that. You know Big Ben isn't going out like that. Um, it, it turns out, though, that, like you said, the slander might have been unwarranted because – Geez, Mason Rudolph is, is probably not the answer. We've seen enough of him. I'm I'm putting the, the Daniel Jones label on him. We've seen we've seen enough from old Rudolph. I know I've seen enough from Dwayne Haskins, so I don't know what their plan is at quarterback here for the rest <laughs> of this year, but the guy could bend back in there soon, is all I'll say. The Chargers, man, too, they are just they are they the same old Chargers as they are every year? They don't even have the injury excuse to, to fall back on. They don't have Philip Rivers to fall back on now either. I don't know yeah. what it is, man. Yeah, like Justin Herbert, we we've talked about it at nauseum. Like him and Brandon Staley, they were the golden boys of the the first half of the NFL season. Everyone wanted to to claim that was the the new um, the new and they're the new and improved Chiefs. They have all these weapons. They've got the amazing quarterback, the amazing head coach, and they just they've lost what four of their last five. It's not been a good run for them for their yeah. last five. They started four and they're now five and four. Yeah, man. I mean, with that being said, I'm going chargers. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know how, how else to say that. I don't think the Steelers are, are just good at all. Really? <laughs> like their, 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 their team depends so much upon the ability to get to the other team's quarterback. And I think if there's one thing the Chargers do actually really well, it still is they are, have a good offensive line. Um, and so I, I think they have a kind of a good counterpunch to the, the Steelers' one big, like, strength. So yeah. I'm taking the Chargers. Nice. I'm taking the Chargers as well for a lot of the points you touched on. TJ Watt might be out this week. He's still questionable. Uh, 
and and just what the Chargers do. It's it's in LA, so it's going to be a home field advantage for the Chargers. Eh. I, I I don't know if how many <laughs> there Chargers might be more, fans. There might be more Steelers fans there, honestly. It probably will, but Chargers, they don't have to travel. It's the night game, you know, they'll be kind of settled in. I, I like the Chargers in this one. I don't know. I, I hope Najee Harris. That's the only thing. Najee Harris could run for 500 yards against these guys is what it feels like. So that's that's that's, that's the only factor that's that's keeping me around for the Steelers, but I'm still going with the Chargers. Yeah. I didn't realize I, I was doing some other when I was looking for a statistical corner stuff today. Najee Harris is averaging like what? Three, three and a half yards per carry around there. I have no idea, but every time I watch him, it seems like he gets hit in the backfield and then just somehow plows forward. For like two, two or three more yards. Yeah, he, yes. he's incredible watching him because he is like just constantly fighting for more yards. It's got to be. That dude better be sitting in an ice bath from the moment the game ends on Sunday. <laughs> the moment that they're warming up the next Sunday because he, he takes a beating. He does. He does. Well, let's move on More, to our last. I mean, Big Ben, at least just hop in the, uh, the ice bath with Big Ben. Well, you know, no, Big Ben, Big Ben's out because of COVID. The week after Aaron Rodgers got it, kind of <laughs> shocking. Don't know how that happened. He had the same <laughs> finger injury as Russell Wilson the week after he had it. I'm, I'm oh, sure he'll Lord. come up with another injury this week. But let's oh. move on to our last game, Scooter. Uh, our last game of the pick six here, we are going the New York football giants who are three and six. First Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are six and three. This is the Monday night game. Other than that, it probably wouldn't make our big board here this week. But who do you have in this one, Scooter? Finish us off. You know, for whatever reason, Daniel Jones, I have this recollection of him playing well versus the Buccaneers every single time he plays them. I don't I don't know what it is about that Bucks matchup that he likes, but like his rookie year, he had that like remarkable comeback to beat them. Last year, I know they played on prime time as well, and I, I did they. I think they got close to winning. I don't think they beat them, um, about halfway through the season. The Bucks also back to back, just yuck showings for the Bucks all around. Like they just haven't looked good on offense, especially. I think they they have missed Antonio Brown more than I expected. Um, that's that's all of the points I can possibly <laughs> make towards giving the Giants a shot. With all that being said, I still think this is like a two-touchdown game Yeah, for the, for the Buccaneers. This is my lock of the week. Tampa Bay at home against a Giants team who's not very good on, the, on defense and not very good on offense. Mm. Something's got to break. Special teams, though. They're not oh. very good at that either. Yeah, not really. <laughs> and that's one-third of the game, as we all know. Yeah. But yeah. Tampa Bay, Tom's going to find a way to – pick this Giants team apart even if the, even if they are in a slump who cares Tom's gonna find a way to pick this not so great Giants defense apart I'm going with the Tampa Bay revenge Buccaneers game for Tom Brady against the Giants Ooh, will Eli be there will Eli be broadcasting this wow that's the I mean it is it is actually oh my gosh they're gonna have so much just it is the Manning cast they're gonna have them on they, they're gonna have a field day with that probably I, I don't know if the Mannings will do the Manning cast. I, I don't think they do. They're planning on it. Are they doing it this week? Yeah. Yeah. They're planning on it next week. I didn't know if Eli would do a Giants game. Ooh, yeah. this will be interesting. This will be yeah. very interesting. Versus his old competitor, TB12 himself. Can we wow. just talk about, too, why Brady is having that documentary come out tonight? The yeah, Man I didn't understand arena? that. Can we wait? Like, give me like, I don't know, a few years till he's retired. I don't care about that right now. Like, give, we don't need that. This He's still playing. At least Let's give us that. five years because he'll still be in the league for four more years at least. Like, at least give us five years. Absolutely. They've given him like the last dance, Michael Jordan treatment. And the yeah, for all we know, the guy's going to be playing until we're dead. <laughs> so He might be. He really yeah. might be. Anyway. Anyway, that's that's enough on the on the the that was more content devoted to the Bucks Giants game than was necessary. Totally, I I totally agree there. So let's move past our pick six. Let's go into our college football uh, chats here. Uh, I just want to give a quick week in review. Pitt beat North Carolina in overtime on Thursday night. Mm. Uh, Pitt obviously has a, a good quarterback that's rising up the ranks. So watch them and and see how they play if you ever have a chance. 
Michigan barely squeaked past Penn State. Uh, Penn State was up for most of the game, but Michigan fought back and won. Baylor's defense completely stopped the Oklahoma Sooners offense. I think they allowed 14 points against them. Super unheard of for an Oklahoma offense. Ohio State held off. Yeah, they even brought in Spencer Rattler. They were getting really desperate. They were. They were desperate. Ohio State ended up holding off Purdue, who was on upset alert. (laughs) (laughs) Ole Miss beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M only dropped to like 16 in the polls after losing to Ole Miss. Quite shocking. And then Wake Forest squeaked out another win against NC State. I don't know, man. The, the last thing I had in my week of review was about the Kansas football Jayhawks, mm. but you already mentioned that they got the big win against Texas. They went, they went wild. They went for the two-point conversion. It looked like he was going to get sacked, but they still somehow won. You love it. You love hearing it. If you need me to talk another 30 minutes on that game, I, I gladly will, but you know, <laughs> I, can, I can save the listeners some, some just awful content all around. We'll save me too. I don't know if I could talk to Kansas football for that long either. So (laughs) we'll save me as well there. Uh, They did just announce the college football rankings tonight. Uh, It's kind of interesting. Georgia's one, no shock there. Alabama two, Oregon three, and Ohio State four. Uh, Oregon, obviously, kind of shocking to me. They had the one loss to Ohio State. So I guess that's why they're above Ohio State, but they just haven't been playing as well as some of these other teams. So that's why it's kind of shocking to me there. Frauds. Oregon is a bunch of frauds, and they're probably <laughs> using the, losing to the youths this week. Oh, speaking of that, we can talk right into this week's matchups and see what we're having. Uh, that was my last comment I had was the youths versus Oregon Ducks, but we can dive right into let's, it. Let's start off with it. Let's start off with it. My youths, my Utah youths are hosting huh. the Oregon Ducks. This could be an insane matchup. This is likely going to be a matchup that we'll see again later on in the year in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, the only way Utah doesn't win the, the South is if Arizona State wins out and Utah loses out, and Oregon's probably going to win the North here. So I don't know. Oregon coming into Utah, Utah's going to be super hyped. I know around campus everybody's already been talking about how hyped they are for it, what they're going to be doing. They're, it's going to be super crazy up here in Salt Lake. So I'm excited for this game. I, I'm excited for the Utes. So my, my thoughts are, is when BYU beats USC at the end of the year and is 4-0, do they win the Pac-12? Do they get a play in the, in the Pac-12 championship? They have, they have 100% winning rate, but they didn't get enough wins in the, in the Pac-12. They're, they're just lacking a few <laughs> Pac-12 wins. Okay, they didn't. Yeah, they needed to play Oregon too, and and run the whole train on, on the Pac-12. But yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I, believe it or not, I'm pulling for the Utes this week. So I just I want to see Cincinnati get a chance to sneak into that college football playoff. Ooh, speaking of Cincinnati, I love that you're you're thinking about this and you're hoping for or an Oregon loss. Cincinnati plays SMU. Southern Methodist University. Keep your eye out on this one. Cincinnati's been struggling in recent weeks. They haven't been as prolific as they were to start the season. This could be an upset alert game. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about Cincinnati the last couple of weeks and, and how they've been on upset alert. SMU is actually a really good team this year. I think they're eight and one. They have a decent offense, a decent defense. This could be one that Cincinnati struggles with. You know, I said that I want to see Cincinnati in there, and it's probably just because I want to see the college football playoff margin of victory record broken because (laughs) them playing Georgia would just be absolute onslaught. But pretty much any team that gets into that fourth spot outside of Ohio State, like Ohio State will will probably make it in. We just know it's inevitable, probably being the third spot. Um, I, I don't see any of these teams in fourth place being able to keep up with Georgia personally. Yeah, that's Georgia's just too big of a haul right now. And and obviously a ton of things could flip in, in the top four. Georgia and Alabama will likely play in the SEC championship. Oregon yeah. will have to play Utah and then also win the Pac-12 championship. And Ohio State still has to play Michigan. And they play Michigan State this week. Michigan State, obviously a great team. They have that really good running back. Uh, it, it could be potentially a matchup that that could clinch someone into getting into the playoffs. You know, like if Ohio State beats Michigan State, 
then they have a, a super high chance of getting in. But if Michigan State beats Ohio State, that just puts them in in a spot to get into the college football playoff for the first time. So super interesting game there as well. Number two, Alabama goes off against Arkansas, who's in the top 25 this week. I'm, I'm going roll hogs, roll hogs you're, this week. You're taking the hogs, huh? Uh, I don't, mm, I don't know if they'll win, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting behind them. I'm rooting for them. I'm cheering taking, them on. You're taking hogs plus 30 to, to cover that spread, right? If you gave me plus 30, I'd probably take the hogs. Okay. Yeah. Then if you're going to say I'm rolling with the hogs, you better take them plus 30. That would mean that. <laughs> that's I'm, equivalent. I'm back in the hogs. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they get the win this week. I'm okay. really rooting for them. Abs, abs, me as well. Me as well. Not, not expecting any spreads to be covered. Um, you missed the big game of the week. BYU playing Georgia Southern. That was the last game on the list. BYU yeah. plays Georgia Southern. Will BYU get the win, Scooter? What do you think about this one? Let me look up the spread of that game. That's probably all <laughs> we need to say for the listeners really quick here. Uh, it's what's, what's your guess, guess the line, as Bill Simmons would, would uh, like to do for us. 22. 22-point favorites for this game? Yep. Uh, for Georgia Southern, obviously. Yeah, 22-point <laughs> favorites, Georgia Southern. The spread is 20. Oh! Minus 20. So, well done. You would, you would win Bill Simmons' segment for the week. Oh, I almost went 21. I should have dove down. I would have only been one point off, not two. Yeah, Georgia Southern can't tell you much about that matchup. BYU should win. Is it in uh, Georgia or, or will it be in Provo? It is at Georgia Southern. So okay. It's in Statesboro, Georgia. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Fun. A fun game to watch. Cincinnati, Ohio State, Utah, Oregon. There's so many great games to watch. It will be a, a wild week in college football. We're super excited to come back and review that and, and see who upsets who because there's bound to be one upset, right? So, totally. so we're hoping for a big upset, but that's all I have for the college football playoff world. What about you, Scooter? I'm just happy we're getting like towards kind of the end. This is where like crunch time we're getting this, the star or the, the teams are jockeying for positions no more essentially. And that like a lot of teams have separated themselves um, and we're getting down to like, we're getting into bowl season almost. It's just a sniff. I smell it in the air bowl season. You can feel it in your bones. Bowl season is coming. So totally. Before we end part one of the podcast here, Scooter, do you have any closing remarks for part one? Closing remarks, I am all empty on closing remarks, honestly. Just to, just a shout out to my my boys in blue at KU and none other than Jimbo Garoppolo this week, just for <laughs> just just for reeling me back into the football world. You gotta love it. When Kansas and the San Francisco 49ers win in football on the same week insane you gotta you gotta be living large that probably in my lifetime that probably happens like five percent of weekends you know it's probably like one percent of weekends yeah that's that's rare that's like a blue moon occurrence man that's a rare occurrence (laughs) solar eclipse (laughs) solar eclipse my only closing remark i have is usa played jamaica tonight they drew one one but they're, they're in great position to go ahead and be in the World Cup. Uh, they beat Mexico last week, which was super great. I'm super excited. I'm just I'm really rooting for USA to get in the World Cup. They missed the last one. I think they missed the last two even. And so I, I'm just really keeping my fingers crossed for them. So my closing remarks are going to be for USA football or soccer. So Football, for sure. Yes, we, <laughs> we need USA. And as a country, we definitely need it. We need it. We need it. Well, thank you everyone for sticking around and sticking in through part one. We are super excited to have you, but we're super excited for part two as well. Scott will be talking some college football, so you'll definitely get some good stuff there. College football again. Oh, college basketball. Oh, I was looking at college football, red, red college football when I was talking (laughs) college basketball. Yeah, you're you're ready to, to already to move on from college basketball. You're sick of last week's spot <laughs> already. I don't I don't blame you. But yeah, I can't wait for it. Can't wait. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on part two. See ya. <laughs>